Welcome to the Sports Mashup, number 104, March 29th, 2023, which means that we are towards the end of the NCAA tournament. We are towards the end of the NHL and NBA seasons, and we are about to have opening day in Major League Baseball tomorrow. Uh, <clears throat> we'll start in the NBA, though, <clears throat> where LeBron made his return to the Lakers after only missing 13 games after denying surgery. Uh, I believe his return game was Sunday against the Bulls that they lost. Yeah, and uh, he had two different doctors tell him to do surgery, and he went with just doing round-the-clock, 24-hour rehab. Yeah, we'll see if this uh, comes back to bite him. Who knows? Um, but Lakers are trying to make a push. For the playoffs, it seems like right now where the West stands is still very much in flux in terms of you could be in the four seed right now like the Suns are, and you're only like two games ahead of the plan. So it's kind of what the West has been all season, and there's only really been two teams at the top, I guess three if you count Sacramento, that have really stood out over the others. But right now the Lakers are in the third spot of the plan, which is the nine seed, and yeah. they're a half a game ahead of OKC, who's in the 10 spot, and then Dallas is out of it. Yeah, well, they're tied with uh, OKC. But right now, you got the Nuggets at one, Memphis at two, Kings at three, Suns at four, Clippers at five, Warriors at six, Minnesota at seven, New Orleans at eight, Lakers at nine, OKC at ten. And then the East, you have the Bucks at one, Celtics at two, Sixers at three, Cavs at four, Knicks at five, Nets at six, Heat at seven, um, Hawks at eight, Raptors at nine, Bulls at ten. So in the West, I think you have 11 teams for 10 spots. So, yeah. The only downfall for, like, the Mavs is they play – the 76ers, the Heat, and then they either play Memphis or Minnesota. Yeah, so and the the Lakers have a game in hand on the Mavs. They've played one less game before tonight at least. Um, so I'm going to say OKC is the team that doesn't make it uh, just because they're not really supposed to make it in terms of, you know, they're probably a year away from that. Uh, but I think it would be absolutely terrific content for everybody if the Mavs or Lakers missed, especially the Mavs. But, you know, yeah, I think they'll Well, you know, it's not only that. It's just the fact that they got Kyrie, and then it's like, well, we suck still. Or I guess we're actually worse than before. Yeah, but they also got him late in the season, and then I mean, him and Luka have been hurt. And then right into that, Luka was able to play Monday – after the NBA rescinded his 16th technical, which avoided a one-game suspension. <coughs> rigged. <clears throat> rigged. That is a rigged show. Uh, don't say that to the Phoenix Suns, though. They've played three games with Durant and Booker, and Durant's dealt with injury, and Booker's had injuries this season. They're 3-0 and together. So must be yeah. something wrong with Dallas's structure, which is not surprising. Yeah, because they don't have a legitimate five. And they don't play defense at all. So the reason that they shouldn't have put um, Dorian Finney-Smith in that trade. I don't think he would have saved them, but it certainly would have helped. Or if not, you should have sent Reggie Bullock for Seth Curry. 
Bullock does defend a little bit, but streaky shooter. Yeah, Seth's a more consistent shooter. Yeah. And then you have uh, Dwayne Wade, Dirk Nowitzki, Greg Popovich, Pau Gasol, Tony Parker, Becky Hammond to be elected into the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame to be formally introduced Saturday at the Final Four. Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of big names in there. Obviously, a lot of winning throughout the 2000s from, from the group of players and the coach. I'm surprised Popovich already wasn't in it. Yeah, I think that's probably a good reminder of the fact that he's been, you know, how successful he was with that Spurs little dynasty they had going there. So, yeah, I mean, all deserving, I would say. Yeah, I mean, Becky Hammond, she was an assistant for Pop, left, went to coach the Vegas Aces, and they won the title last year. Yeah. But, yeah, and then not – what was it? Oh, we talked about it last week. Uh, Jason Tatum, he passed Larry Bird – for most three-point games in a season, now has 40. Passed it on the uh, 24th. So was that last Friday? Yep. And then uh, when we get to the threes, Luke Kennard is now the three that could be in part to the other day he had 30 points. It was the same day, 24th. Uh, he had 30 points. He was 10 for 11 from the three-point line. Well, you know. That's going to raise your percentage up. Yeah. He's, he's the first player in NBA history to record, record 10 plus threes while shooting 90% from the field. Not bad. But yeah, the playoffs, uh, play-in games start April 11th through the 14th, and then the playoffs will begin on the 15th for the NBA. Yep, uh, we got the stat leaders now through yesterday's games on the 28th. And points per game is Joel Embiid at 33.3, team points, Kings 121. Uh, DeMontis Sabonis leads in rebounding 12.5, and uh, the Bucks lead as a team 48.9. Assists is Harden at 10.8, and team assists is the Warriors at 29.5. Blocks per game, Jaron Jackson Jr. of the Grizzlies, 3.1, and the Nets are leading in team category at 6.2. Steals is still OG of the Raptors at 1.9. Team Steals is the Raptors at 9.4. Field goal percentage, Walker Kessler of the Jazz, 72.4. And the team field goal percentage is the Nuggets at 50.9. And he jumped up big, Walker Kessler did. Yeah. Because this was Nick Claxton forever. Yeah. But he was part of the deal. He's a rookie out of was it Auburn, I think. Yep. He was in the trade uh, with the Cavs. Him and the guy from Kansas went to – Utah for uh, Donovan Mitchell. 
I thought Walker Kessler was a part of the Gobert deal. Maybe. Give it a look. He was like two of the rookies that were in it. It was him and the guy from Kansas. Agbaji, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think Walker Kessler's in the Gobert deal, but I don't know. He got uh threes made. Did yeah. you do that one? Nope. Play Thompson now as a head at 278. Team threes, the Warriors, 1,270. Made 63 threes in a week. Not bad. Uh, yeah, Kessler was in the – went from Minnesota. He was drafted by Memphis, but the rights to him were then transferred over to Minnesota, and then he traded from Minnesota to Utah, and that trades look pretty good for the Jazz. Uh, Three-point percentage, Luke Kennard of Memphis, 49.1. Team three-point percentage, the Nuggets, the 38.9. Team free throws is the Sixers, 83 and a half. <clears throat> the other question I have before we get to the NFL is, will the Nuggets be able to be this efficient in the playoffs? So think about that because uh, it's a different type of basketball, but we'll see. Well, that And then, like, so far, who do you – who's the MVP? Probably Jokic. Because, I mean, who's really between right now? Jokic, Jokic and Embiid. Yeah, that's it. I'm going to say it's going to be Jokic. I mean, at the beginning of the year, he could have said Tatum, but he's kind of falling off. So, yeah. I mean, so the Celtics in general. Yeah, it's going to be Jokic. Uh, all right, the NFL. Yeah, you had free agent tight end Foster Moreau. Uh, he's stepping away from football at the moment after being diagnosed with Hodgkin lymphoma. Yeah. Uh, another one of those situations where a routine physical, they find something and, you know, saving lives is what this is. So, and this was best like, luck to him. this was found out, I think by the saints medical staff, like he was going to sign there. Yeah. And yeah. they're the ones who found it out. So he's been in Oakland or Vegas or whoever you want to call him for, however many years, 30 or something at LSU, and they're just now finding it. I mean, great backup tight end. Yeah, I would have liked him in Green Bay if he were healthy, but obviously he's got to step away and get this, you know, win this battle and then maybe see him out in the field again. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Ravens, uh, real deal for what are – I don't even know I was writing there. <laughs> Ravens deal for wide receiver Nelson Aguilar, one year, $3.25 million. But their biggest thing is Lamar Jackson has requested a trade from the Ravens, which supposedly he requested on March 2nd. So almost a month ago. Yeah, feels like something that's feels like something that's been, you know, coming for a while, I would say, uh, in terms of us knowing about it. Um I'm puzzled as to why nobody seems to be interested in him. Uh, well, I, I saw uh, – what's the Falcons owner? Arthur Blank, yeah. Yeah, he came out today saying – I mean, it's asking for a lot, getting the two picks. And then also with his injury issues, 
missing five to six games, is it worth it? So here's the thing. The Deshaun Watson contract being fully guaranteed kind of ruined. I think the Browns really ruined a lot of different things for other teams and owners. Well, that and the Russell Wilson deal. Yeah. um, Because I think Lamar is better than either of those guys. I mean, I, I mean, let's think about this. Um, The Falcons were interested in Deshaun Watson and the Browns gave Deshaun Watson five years, 230 mil guaranteed and first-round picks in 22, 23, 24, and a third in 23, and a fourth in 22 and 24. So, like, that's way more for a guy that, yeah, doesn't have the injury history that Lamar does, but he also doesn't have the being as good as Lamar is on the field history and the other off-field issues with Watson. So this makes no sense to me. I think the Colts are a team that should definitely be interested, and they seem to be the only one that might even be interested. So And, like, the Ravens' offensive quarter or offensive coordinator designed the offense around Lamar, which was basically him running. So then they could never get receivers because of the offensive coordinator. So they bring a new one in, and yeah, you bring Nelson Aguilar in, and I thought they signed somebody else, but it's still. What do you want him to do? Yeah, I don't understand this whole thing. I don't know what's going to happen. I thought New England would have been a nice fit for him. They're not interested. I don't know if he'd fit in the whole Belichick way. Well, not that, but like they tried it with Cam Newton, and Lamar Jackson's way better and way younger than Cam Newton. So, I don't know. I just think Bill likes his pocket passers over rushing quarterbacks. Yeah, but without Tom Brady, they've sucked. So I think you got to change something. And they did. They changed to Bill O'Brien. So I guess you give that a chance this year with him who, as the OC for Mac. Who also, yeah, who also had Mac in college. Yeah, we'll see if that works. But, yeah, I think Indianapolis is the team that I would look at here. Uh, I don't think Carolina's going to do it. Now they have the number one pick. Um, and the, the Colts have a great line. Yeah. One of the best backs in the league. Get you some stability there because they've really taken a chance for three years in a row on guys that probably had one year left, or yeah. give them like Wentz just sucked, and then like, Matt Ryan and Philip Rivers were, you know, Philip Rivers, Rivers was, was decent, and he yeah, probably could have played another year, probably, but old. So, but they would the Colts would then just need to get some receivers. Well, I know there's a chance that the Colts trade DeForest Buckner, so you get a. Maybe not a first for him, but at least like a second. You still have some more draft capital that you don't have to be worried about giving up too much in terms of the fact that you'd have to uh, pay Lamar and give up the picks. So, Does it matter what year the first, the picks have to be in? Does it have to be this year's first where the Colts are up there high? Or... I assume that's how it works. I didn't know if it was like next year and the year after. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it'd have to be both of them, but who knows? I think if it was 2024 and 2025, teams would be a lot more interested. But 
Who knows? Uh, the Jets signed wide receiver McCole Hardman and traded Elijah Moore uh, and, the, and a 2023 third, which is the 72nd pick for to the Browns for the Browns' 42nd overall pick. So, yeah, I mean, Elijah Moore is better than McCole Hardman, but Elijah Moore didn't seem happy there, and it's a nice change of scenery for him. Yeah, now if the trade works with Aaron Rodgers, because that still hasn't been finalized, you have Garrett Wilson, Lazard, Hardman. Who else do they have there? Uh, they uh, Didn't they bring in somebody else? Uh, still Denzel Mims. I don't know if he'll still be there. Corey Davis won't be there. Um Let's see. Let's see. Malik Taylor. Yeah, that's it. I, I think Odell is still a possibility for them as well. Get rid of Mims and Davis, bring in Odell. That gives you four legitimate targets plus tight ends. Uh, Panthers add wide receiver DJ Chark, one-year deal to pair with Adam Thielen. So loading up the wide receiver room there, kind of, sort of. These two guys were really good a couple years ago. I don't know. Where Thielen's at in his career, he looks pretty slow to me. But yeah, and I think Chark just got underutilized because of St. Brown, and then with um, Jameson Williams going to be fully healthy this year, and how much the Lions ran the ball. Yeah, uh, Chargers respect Eckler amid his trade request. We'll see what happens there. And then the Falcons added defensive end Calais Campbell on a one-year deal, so nice addition there. Yeah, they've Atlanta. just been they've just been loading up on defense. I mean, they got Jesse Bates, Campbell, a defensive tackle, I believe, another corner. Yeah, this strategy usually does have benefits when you spend money on defensive free agency. We've yeah, seen it work out for but, the Bengals, and but their quarterback is still Riddler. Is that his name? Desmond Ritter. Yes, Ritter. Didn't they sign somebody? Uh, Taylor Heineke, backup, yeah. So we'll see. I guess give Ritter a chance. I think we're going to see a couple teams give quarterbacks a chance. Like I think Washington's probably going to give Sam Howell a shot. And uh, you also got to think about they, they might be interested in Lamar. Who knows? But with the ownership situation there, it might make it a little bit difficult. Yeah, I saw somebody else got added in with the whole Magic Johnson group, and they have made the $6 million bid to Snyder for the team. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think uh, I think we'll probably end up seeing uh, Bezos still in the mix somewhere there. So I don't know, but just got to get rid of Dan Snyder, obviously. That's the whole goal. Uh, all right, golf. Oh, yeah, and then you have the NFL draft basically a month from now in Kansas City. Yep. So a lot more can still happen in the next month. Oh, yeah. Um, but golf, you had the WGC Dell Technologies match play last weekend. Winner was Sam Burns, won $3.5 million. Uh, final round was 6-5 and five over Cam Young. Could have had Rory versus Scheffler in the finals. We end up with the opposite. No offense to Cam or Sam Burns. They figure to be 
important pieces for the U.S. Ryder Cup team in September. Yeah, I mean, Sam Burns was 7-0-0. He went 3-2 and over Adam Hadwin, one up on Adam Scott, two up on Seamus Power, two and one versus Patrick Cantlay, three and two versus Mackenzie Hughes, one up versus Scotty Scheffler, and then six and five on Cam Young. Yeah, I should have picked him. That's on me. I mean, if he if Scotty beat him, I would have gotten an extra point. Yep. And then this weekend you have the Valero Texas Open defending champion JJ Spawn at TPC San Antonio, the Oaks course in San Antonio, Texas. All right, let's go to college hoops. With a limited field. Yeah, well, a week for the Masters. Uh, Texas hires interim head coach Rodney Terry, gives him a five-year extension. Uh, yeah, I, I may be a little bit surprised that Texas ended up making the common sense decision here, but I will say you have to have long-term concerns if you're a Texas fan with Rodney Terry, because this is a, the team that he coached this year was an older team. It was a Chris Beard team. It was a team that has a lot of guys that won't play next season because they're done. And Rodney Terry at UTEP wasn't great. A little concerned about that. Recruiting, we'll see. I think players love to play for him, but I just don't know. He was part of the recruiting team for Chris Beard. Yeah. He, so a lot of the younger guys is guys he brought in. I'm just saying it wouldn't surprise me if this doesn't work out, but I hope it does. So we'll see. Uh, North Carolina guard Caleb Love enters the portal transfer portal after three years. Uh, this is not surprising. I don't think either side wanted to continue with their relationship, just the way that last season went. And then you had uh, Baycott come back for his fifth year. RJ Davis is coming back as well. I just got to switch some things up there, and this makes sense. I wouldn't be surprised to see Caleb Love end up at Missouri um, from St. Louis. I think Missouri was in the finalists when he was coming out. Missouri's going to need to load up in the transfer portal again, given that a lot of their team last season was older as well. So that, that makes a lot of sense. Wouldn't surprise me to see it. Uh, Penn State close to hiring Mike Rhodes from VCU. So another VCU coach getting a, uh, a chance at the high major level. Uh, I don't think this hire is going to be – as good as Penn State fans hope it is, I, I, in terms of style, I'm not sure if Mike Rhodes will work in the Big Ten. It could work, and it could change the way the Big Ten is, but some concerns. But it's a good hire in terms of options. This was one of their better options. I'm surprised that their coach left for Notre Dame. Well, Notre Dame's a job where he's from Indiana. Uh, I think the upside in Notre Dame is probably a little bit higher than Penn State. Uh, his team at Penn State this year was all older players that are done playing, so you just move on at the right time. Um, and or they'll, they become, gave, they'll become graduate transfers and go to Notre Dame. Well, I think it may be a couple of them. But, um, and, you know, Notre Dame gives them a seven-year deal. So not to say Penn State wouldn't because I think Rhodes' deal is seven years as well. But anyway, yeah, I think this is a fine hire in terms of the options. Uh, and then VCU will hire Utah State head coach Ryan Odom to replace Rhodes Odom was the coach of the UMBC team a few years ago. 
that uh, beat Virginia in the first round as a 16 seed, goes to Utah State a couple years, made the tournament this season, and it's the logical choice given his ties with VCU in the East Coast. So that hire makes sense. Uh, the NIT, Final Four, apparently people watch this. I did have it on the TV. I wasn't really paying attention, but it was up there. Uh, Wisconsin didn't score for, what, the last nine minutes? And uh, a 10-0 run to finish from North Texas to win 56-54. Typical Big Ten choke in March, except this was in a tournament that really doesn't matter. Uh, and then UAB, despite Jelly Walker struggling, from what I read on Twitter, 88-86 win over Utah Valley. Now we'll see 30-7 and North Texas against 29-9 and UAB in the NIT Championship Thursday, 8-30 in Vegas. Let's just say this. Conference USA has dominated the three levels of postseason play. Charlotte won the CBI. UAB and North Texas are playing for the NIT championship, and FAU is in the Final Four. I believe there's something like uh, 14 and one in postseason as a conference, with uh, the loss coming to. Uh... Oh man, who lost? Jeez, uh, hold on a sec here, folks. Uh... Hold on. Well, you think it is? We do have the Final Four set. Uh, Saturday, number five, FAU, who's 35 and three, plays number nine, San Diego State, who is 31 and six. And then on the opposite side, you got number five, Miami, who's 29 and seven, versus number four, UConn, who is 29 and eight. Uh, yeah, Rice, Rice lost in the uh, in the CBI, so. Anyway, that's your one loss in the postseason with the Conference USA. There will be a loss automatically with North Texas and UAB, but also I don't think FAU is going to win a national title. I mean, I, that would be the most surprising thing maybe ever. But anyway, uh, yeah, we'll see. Final four matchups on the men's side. Uh, the casual fan probably not that excited for FAU San Diego State. Um, I think those people would be wrong slash high. Um no, I like the matchup of the second game more. Yeah, I think that's obvious. I think everybody does. But, you know, the fact that we have two fives, a four, and a nine in the final four is crazy to me, but that's where we're at. First year, number one didn't get to the Elite Eight. Yeah, and the fact that there's not a one, two, or a three in the final four. And the last chance of that, I believe, would have been, I guess Gonzaga was a three and Texas was a two. And I guess Kansas State was a three, but the, all three of those teams losing in the Elite Eight. So that uh, killed me Friday. I had Texas and Kansas State left, and then they both lost. Yeah. And, you know, you can kind of thank the NIL. You can thank the COVID year. You can thank the transfer portal really the main reasons why things have gotten so crazy, but I don't think they'll be this way forever. I think things will calm down in the next few years, but this is a wild season leads to a wild final four. And the only team, if you would have told me in November that these four teams would be in the final four, I'd be like, okay. I mean, I could see UConn, but the other three, that feels a little bit surprising. Maybe Miami, but obviously FAU has been great all season. And, you know, I knew that they would be really good. I didn't know they'd be this, like, 35-3 and three good. And San Diego State's always, you know, a threat. It's just they've been a different level this year. Because in Maui, San Diego State and Maui, their defense was horrible. So they've yeah. obviously figured it out. And they've returned a lot of players, too. They're old. Anyway, FAU beat Memphis, and then they beat – Memphis, um, Fairleigh Dickinson, 
Memphis, Fairleigh Dickinson, Tennessee, Tennessee. K-State. Yeah. San Diego State beat, uh, let's see, Charleston, Charleston, Furman, Alabama, Creighton, Miami beat Drake, uh, Miami beat Drake, Indiana, Houston, Texas, and then UConn has destroyed everybody they played. They beat Iona, uh, St. Mary's, Arkansas, and Gonzaga. So UConn might, if they win it all and they win these next two games by 10 or more, this would be one of the most dominant NCAA tournament runs of all time because they have double-digit everybody against yeah, so you got the, you got those two games Saturday. Championship is Monday, and then we have the women's Final Four Friday. You got number three LSU, who is thirty-two and two, versus number one Virginia Tech, who is thirty-four and four, and then number one South Carolina, who's the overall one at thirty-six and zero, versus number two Iowa at thirty and six. It definitely feels like a uh, situation where South Carolina is unbeatable. So that's kind of where I'm at on it. Yeah. And I looked, uh, LSU, one of their losses is to South Carolina, and the other one was to Tennessee. I'm thinking it was in the SEC tournament. But, I mean, Caitlin Clark from Iowa, to get to this, when they beat Louisville, she had 41 points, had triple-double. 41 points, 10 rebounds, 12 assists. It's not bad. Probably the most exciting player on either side of men's and women's basketball right now. Yeah, and one, like, I mean, that game is an 11.5-point spread, someone who could possibly at least keep it somewhat of a closer game. Yeah, I think they will. Uh, I'll also say this. If Iowa wins a national championship, that counts for the Big Ten in every sport. So just so we're clear. Mm. It probably won't happen, but just uh, just give that other. Uh, I say we move over to the NHL real quick and get this out of the way before baseball, uh, given that we have a, a bit more to discuss about baseball, given the opening day incoming. Uh, but with the NHL, you have just a few notes here. So let's do that. Uh Connor McDavid is the first to score 140 plus points in NHL season since 1996, where Mario Lemieux and Yamir Yager both did it with Pittsburgh. Uh, so he just keeps piling up the records, and he's got a chance to get to 150. I think I'd be surprised if he didn't, because I believe the Oilers have what eight games left, seven games left. And then you have Sidney Crosby as the first player in NHL history to have 30 goal season as an 18 year old, and then again at 35 or older. Scored 39 in 2005-06 as an 18-year-old, and then now has 30 as a 35-year-old. It's not bad. Uh, let's see. 75. Yeah, seven games left for the Oilers. So if he can't get seven points in seven games, then what a loser would be my thoughts about McDavid. And then Connor Bernard finishes the WHL regular season as leader in points by 36 Goals by 21, assists by one, shots on goal by 15. He only played 57 of 68 games. He had 71 goals, 72 assists, 143 points in 57 games. I mean, it's pretty good. 
those are McDavid like numbers in junior hockey for sure. All right. Uh, I guess we got the playoffs start April 18th, and then we have stat leaders here through yesterday's games. McDavid, 143 points, leading 27 ahead. Uh, defensive points, Eric Carlson, 91, 19 ahead. Uh, rookie points, Matty Veneer, Seattle, 57 ahead. Goals, McDavid, 68 ahead. Defenseman goals, Eric Carlson, 22, 3 ahead. Rookie goals, Wyatt Johnson of Dallas at 21, 1 ahead. Uh, assists, Connor McDavid, 83, 7 ahead. And defenseman of 6, Eric Carlson, 69, 4 ahead. Rookie assist, Matias Michelli of the Coyotes, 33, 3 ahead. Uh, goalie wins, Linus Olmark, 36, 2 ahead. Uh, he also loses the save percentage at 937. He's 0, 0, 5 ahead. And team points here is the Bruins, 57, 12, and 5, 119 points, 16 ahead. And when I was looking at the wins, Swayman's 23rd on the list in wins. So you got number one in wins and number 23 in wins. I mean, that's pretty good. And I think three out of his last four games for Swayman have been shutouts. So, like, playoff, it's going to become, like, matchups, which which goalie's in, I feel like. We'll see. Um, up to baseball now. Season predictions. Uh, yeah. I don't know as, where you – As opening day is tomorrow. I assume we start with division winners here. So that's fine with me. All right. Let's do the uh, the AL – East. You got the Yankees. As do I. Uh, the Central, I have the Guardians. Uh, as do I. West, I have the Astros. Me as well. Me as well. Uh, the AL wild card, I have the Mariners, Blue Jays, Twins. I have the Mariners, Blue Jays, and Orioles. Don't look now. Uh, and then let's do the NL here, starting with the East. I have the Braves. Me as well. Central, I have the Cardinals. Me as well. West, I have the Dodgers. Me as well. I feel like these divisions might be too obvious this season, but maybe – I don't really see where a curveball would be. I guess maybe the Brewers win the Central or maybe the – the Mets win the East, or maybe the Padres win the West, uh, or maybe the Twins win the Central. I don't know, but uh, it feels weird. I don't know. On the wild card, I have the Padres, Mets, Brewers. I have the Padres, Mets, and Phillies. So, I also have the Cubs finishing second in the Central. So just, just uh, don't, don't, don't look now, folks. Watch out. Uh, all right, we got, I guess, World Series prediction. I suppose. Um, oh, I didn't do that. Well, I'll just say mine. I got the Dodgers over the Astros, a real shocker. Uh, Dodgers beating the Astros in seven. Give me Freddie Freeman as the uh, 
World Series MVP. The Dodgers are plus 850 right now, fourth in World Series odds. The Astros are first, Yankees second, Braves third, Dodgers fourth. So give me the Dodgers to win it all. Uh, I'll, take, I'll take the Yankees over the Dodgers. That's a one that I've picked multiple times. Who knows we'll ever see it, but you never know. Uh, all right, let's do award picks now. We'll start. Let's just do the AL through and through here with the MVP. I go to Tani. I'm taking uh, Jordan Alvarez of the Astros. Now, he's a DH, so I think I worry about that in terms of his chances to win. But uh, you also have the fact that he maybe he hits like 65 homers and then you can't not give him the MVP. So I'm going to go Jordan Alvarez of the Astros. Uh, Cy Young, I have DeGrom. I have Garrett Cole of the Yankees. And Rookie of the Year, I have Gunnar Henderson of the Orioles. I will take Masataka Yoshida of the Red Sox. I think the Red Sox are going to have a horrific season, but I think this will be a real bright spot. And I think a lot of these Japanese players, whether they're pitchers or hitters, when they first come over here, usually you see a lot of success, especially with the pitchers because they haven't been seen before. Um, but I think Yoshida will have a big season. And right-handed hitter, just hit ropes down the line at Fenway, and you'll hit, hit like 30 homers. Uh, NL MVP, I took Trey Turner. Yeah, I hope he does. I got him on my fantasy team. Uh, I'm going to take – I'm going to say that Nolan Arenado looks at Goldschmidt winning it last year. He's like, okay, I'm due. He has one now. I need to get one. I'm going to say Nolan Arenado wins it. That's unbiased, by the way. Totally unbiased. Cy Young, I have Corbin Burns. I am going to go Spencer Strider, who I think of the Braves, if he's healthy, might have 837 strikeouts this year uh, because he's unhittable. So I'm going to take Spencer Strider. Yeah, he proved that last year. We talked about him a lot. Yeah, the, they can't see the ball. That's what the hitters say. Um, rookie of the year, I got Jordan Walker. I'm going to go uh, Corbin Carroll of the Diamondbacks, who in some sports books he's the favorite, and other sports books Walker's the favorite. And uh, I think Corbin Carroll might be the fastest person I've ever seen on a baseball field. So I think he could be a 30-30 guy in his rookie season, which would be insane, which would be 30 home runs, 30 stolen bases. And also the Diamondbacks gave him a $100 million extension before he's played like 30 games, I think. He's he played in September. Like- Billy Hamilton. Oh yeah, oh yeah. This guy, yeah, this guy and is. Who's that guy the Cardinals had on Sierra? Magnera Sierra. Yeah, yeah. Was, he was Corbin Carroll. Corbin Carroll is like freakishly fast. Uh, but also, I also uh, in my article that I wrote with my predictions, I did pick managers of the year, and uh, I picked Brandon Hyde of the Orioles in the AL because I think the Orioles make the playoffs or are at least close. And I picked David Ross of the Cubs because I think in the NL, I mean, are you really going to give it to the Phillies, Rob Thompson again? Probably not. Uh, I feel like, uh, what's his name? Brian Snitker of the Braves has won it 30 times. You're not going to give it to Buck Showalter. Not going to give it to Oliver Marmol. Not going to give it to Craig Council unless they win 100 games. Not going to give it to Dave Roberts. Probably not going to give it to Bob Melvin of the Padres. So I think Ross gets the Cubs close. They win like 85 games. They miss the playoffs. That could probably get your manager that you're given where the Cubs have been the last few years. So going with that as uh, well. And you have uh, King Griffith Jr. will be the fourth highest paid player for the Reds this season. Uh, he's making $3.59 million thanks to the deferred payment agreement of his contract extension with the Reds in 2000. Yeah, I mean, nice organization they're running in Cincinnati for sure. 
almost a buy vanilla. Yeah, this is kind of just dumber because it's a reflection of like they're not paying anybody. And they suck and they're going to suck. So yeah, because I'm like their highest players gotta be what? Votto. Yeah, let me give it a look here. Let me run the numbers real quick. And he's starting the year in the injured list as well. Yeah, Votto, 25 mil. Then you have uh, Will Myers, 6 million. And then you have, let's see here. How much is Griffey getting? 3.59. Yeah. Will Myers, 6 million. I don't see anybody else above that, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe the numbers are a little bit off here because he this here would make him. Does it say fourth? Yeah, this would make him third for the numbers that I'm looking at. Well, maybe they're including the manager. Fair. Well, I guess you do have uh, if they're counting the retained salary of Mike Mustakis. I guess that would be counted because he's retained at 22 million so yeah, he's not on the team but they're still paying him that fourth highest paid player so yeah i guess that makes sense uh all right so we got opening day tomorrow we have five picks for that um yeah, just 20, 21 picks overall this week yeah just looking at uh just looking at odds on DraftKings right now i will say wouldn't hate throwing a little bit of cash on uh the orioles play to make the playoffs at uh plus 370 that might end up being good but i guess maybe don't trust a team like that they're so young but why not i think the orioles will be good this year uh all right the picks i went seven and seven last week uh struggled in a lot of spots surprising six and four in basketball college basketball because the nit two and oh oh and two in the nba one one the nhl nothing in golf I went ten and four, one and one in the NBA, two and zero in hockey, and then seven and three in college basketball. Big loss was the Princeton plus ten. They lost by eleven. Yeah, I had Creighton there, thankfully. All right, uh, I was really upset because I had UCLA making it to the Final Four, and then. Them stalling and start of the second half with a big lead, and then making a comeback, and then blowing it. Yep, yep. Uh, all right, let's do the Valero Texas Open week before the Masters. Uh, to win, I have Tyrell Hatton plus twelve hundred, Siwoo Kim plus twenty two hundred, and your guy Davis Riley at plus twenty five hundred. I really feel like Ricky Fowler, this could be the week. We've seen plenty of players leading up to the Masters a couple weeks or the event before break break through and get a win finally again because uh, Jordan Speed did it two years ago. Uh, I'm going to take Ricky Fowler plus 1,800, Davis Riley, of course, plus 2,500, and the defending champ, J.J. Spawn, plus 3,000. Uh, and top five, I have Ricky Fowler plus 400. I have Chris Kirk plus 600. Uh, top 10, I have Hideki Matsuyama at plus 260. I have Ryan Fox plus 400. 
Top 20, I have Cam Davis plus 220. I have Siwoo Kim plus 115. You got him at top 20. I got him to win it. Uh, we'll see. Top 40, I have Sepp Straka plus 135. Had a feeling you would go that route, so I decided to do it as well. I'll take Sepp Straka plus 135. How did you have a feeling? Because I know that you've picked him plenty of times. I've heard you say his name a lot. So I was like, he's probably going to take Sepp Straka, so I'll do it again. Uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, NBA picks for tonight. Uh, I got the Jazz minus four over the Spurs and the Grizzlies minus four over the Clippers. That was your spread for Grizzlies Clippers? Did I read it wrong? Because I wrote it down as Grizzlies plus one. It says Grizzlies plus one and a half on here right now, but I did pick the Grizzlies. Uh, and then I'm taking the Knicks minus four and a half against the Heat. I'll take the plus one and a half. Then. Yeah. Um, all right. NHL picks for tomorrow. I got the Devils minus 130 over the Rangers. And hopefully your Blues minus 150 over the Blackhawks. Well, they got some injuries. Uh, we'll yeah, see. I think the Blackhawks are also trying to tank at the moment. Too. Well, the Blues wouldn't hate losing either. I'm going to take your team, the Bruins, minus 435 against the terrible Blue Jackets team. Well, you're going for the gimme pick. Yeah, a guy struggling in some of these NHL NBA picks. Uh, I'll take the Kings plus 135. The Oilers, I'm pretty sure I pick an Oilers game every week, by the way, but I'm picking against them here. Uh, all right, let's do MLB opening day Thursday, five money lines. I got the Red Sox minus 125 over the Orioles, the Brewers minus 140 over the Cubs, Mets minus 120 over the Marlins. Reds minus 140 over the Pirates, and the Guardians plus 100 over the Mariners. I'm taking that Guardians game as well at the Mariners. Uh, give me the Yankees minus 190 against the Giants, Phillies plus 115 at the Rangers, Marlins plus 100 against the Mets, and the Dodgers minus 175 over the Diamondbacks. So I'm picking against Logan Webb on the bump for the Giants, Jacob deGrom on the bump for the Rangers, Max Scherzer on the bump for the Mets. Zach Gallon of the Diamondbacks and Luis Castillos. I'm picking against five very good pitchers, which is what opening day is. So I'll go Garrett Cole, Aaron Nola, Sandy Alcantara. Uh, I don't even know who the Dodgers. Are. I guess it's Kershaw, right? Uh, and then no and then Shane Bieber, Julio. Oh, Julio Urias. Yeah. So I'll take five. It's ace versus ace. It's a beautiful thing. And then the Cardinals are just rolling out Miles Michaels, who's a fine pitcher, but he's a number three or four on a really good team. Just that's what like I have the Mets winning, so I have Scherzer versus Alcantara. Alcantara, and then I have the Brewers, which is Burns versus um oh who are they playing? The Cubs. Stroman? Yeah. Marcus yeah. Stroman. All right, let's do college hoops. Uh, we'll start with the most irrelevant of the games, which is the NIT championship. Yeah, yeah. UAB versus North Texas. UAB is a two-point favorite. It's it's a bit of a different situation. Last season in the NIT where Xavier won it despite firing Travis Steele before, but North Texas head coach Grant McCaslin is set to take the Texas Tech job after this game. So I'll take North Texas rallying. They got old players in this team. They're, they're good. They made the tournament two years ago. UAB made it last year, but 
Uh, UAB didn't look great, still beat Utah Valley. Give me North Texas defensively. Give me the main green, plus two. I'm going to take UAP. As much as I want to see my guy Jelly Walker win a championship, even though it's not really a real championship, but it's a championship, I guess. Uh, yeah, I think North Texas gets a done. We'll see. Uh, all right, women's final four games. Uh, we got LSU versus Virginia Tech. LSU is a two-point favorite. Uh, I'll take LSU. I think that they're better given what I know about the game. I'm taking them as well. I mean, plus, I don't know how they were. Um, what was their seed? A, a three seed at 32-2, and two, and they lost, only lost to South Carolina, who's undefeated, and then Tennessee in the SEC tournament. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, feel you know, they have a proven coach for sure. She gets after it. Yeah, weird Dress is snazzy. Yeah. Uh, and then the second game, you got South Carolina versus Iowa. South Carolina is an 11.5-point favorite. Uh, I'll take Iowa plus 11.5. I think they keep it close, but I don't think anybody's beating South Carolina. No, I'm taking Iowa as well just because, oh, Caitlin Clark. Stud. Yeah. Uh, men's Final Four. Uh, you got FAU versus San Diego State. San Diego State is a two-point favorite. I will take FAU. Uh, why not? Yeah, I'm going to take San Diego State. And then second game, you got Miami versus UConn. UConn is a five-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm a Hurley guy. I've been picking against them all tournament for some reason after loving them early in the season. Uh, and you also have the fact that I just think that they're better than everybody. I don't think they're really beatable. I think if anybody could do it, it's Miami out of the four teams left. But I'm banking on Miami going a little bit cold here. They kind of kind of got lucky to win the Texas game. Obviously, they came back, and Texas kind of – Blew it, but give me the Huskies uh, looking to win their third national championship in 12 years with three different coaches. Yeah, I'm going to take my ACC team. I'm going to take Miami plus the five and a half. You know, you can say what you want about what I said about the ACC this season, but I also said that if any team was going to make a tournament run, it would be Miami. So, you know, maybe a little bit of credit. Uh, I don't think Miami being where they are is a reflection of the ACC because I don't think that I mean, do we really think that the Mountain West is a good conference because San Diego State's in the Final Four? I mean, not really, but that's a whole different conversation for an entirely different day, folks. Uh, We will be back next week for number 105. We will discuss MLB opening day. We will discuss towards the end of the seasons of the NHL, the NBA. We'll discuss the national championship and uh, plenty more. So we'll see everybody next week for our first episode of April. Next week, too, you should have pretty much the seeding done. Yeah. For the NBA. Yeah. So we'll discuss that next week. We'll see everybody for 105. Deuces.